I'm Darren Garrity, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From feeling laughed at, to the person they always laugh with, to their first memories of laughter. The biggest memory that I have would be at Mass with my sister Kelly, and we had to kind of leave out the side door because she'd never turned her phone on silent, and it had rang <laughs> and soldier boy, <laughs> she couldn't find it. And I just lost it and I couldn't breathe. Like, And I remember my mother was looking at me and there was sweat coming down my back. Trisha Lewis, better known as Trisha's Transformation, is my guest this week. She talks to me about growing up in Limerick as one of nine girls, how her life changed for the better in 2018 and how she has no plans to look back. I hope you enjoy. Trisha Lewis, you are extremely welcome to The Laughs of Your Life. Thank you very much. I didn't want to cut you off like Paul did last week. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> wait oh. for my cue. <laughs> oh, you're a, you're a seasoned listener of the podcast, I feel. Um, <laughs> I was watching your Insta stories there a few minutes ago and you had said that you would listen to, I think, is it not every episode, nearly every episode of the podcast? Yeah, I think I was the only one and I don't know why. It's your dad. I need to get, I need to save myself for Eugene. I don't know what's happening, but I need to go back. I seem to have missed him. Um, but I have listened to every one of them. I adore them. Oh my God. Well, I, I was talking to my mom the other night actually on the phone and, uh, I did uh, kind of a question box on Instagram. Just, I just wanted to know what people's favourite moments from any of the podcasts were. And the top five, um, PJ Gallagher was in there, Deirdre, Deirdre O'Kane. But out of my family members, only Alva featured. So my mom, <laughs> rang, so my mom rang me and was like, "I'm absolutely disgusted. I didn't feature in your top five, and your father is disgusted." <laughs> and I thought your mom was brilliant. She had notes. <laughs> it was lovely. <laughs> oh no, mom was very good, but she was very. Anyway, look, I think. I feel you have a lot of story in you, Tricia, which is why I was so delighted that you said yes to this podcast. Um, people have said to me before that I should have you on the podcast. Um, and you're just, I feel you're a born conversationist. Conversationist? Conversationalist? I don't know which one it is. Whichever, you know what I mean. No, and I love it. And I, like, I, I think when I was always listening to I was like, what if she ever asked me? So I've practiced this so many times, but I've never being as nervous. Like, I think I did my leave insert with more, with less nerves. I'm like, right, how do I make during less? <laughs> <laughs> it's only a chat. We won't overthink it. Will we, will we get straight into it? Go for it, Trisha Lewis, your first memory of laughter. Um, so I think all of my childhood is the answer of this. I don't actually have a moment that I remember, but I have loads and they're all kind of mixed in ages. So, like, I grew up in County Limerick, and I have eight sisters, and we were reared at the top of a mountain. So we were a bit wild, as say. We kind of did what we want, and you could be as loud and have as much crack as you could possibly want. So I think there's a couple of moments that I remember, and it always was moments where I could get into severe trouble, is the laugh that I remember. Um, like, simple things like going to mass, like being in school, <laughs> And scaring people. So I think one of the biggest memory that I have would be at mass with my sister Kelly. And we had to kind of leave out the side door because she'd never turned her phone on silent and it had rang <laughs> and soldier boy. <laughs> she couldn't find it. And I just lost it and I couldn't breathe. Like, And I remember my mother was looking at me and there was sweat coming down my back. I was like, but ma'am, it's soldier boy. I was like, you have to let me get away with this. So I just think like I was of always laughing and, and I've always I've always found so much joy in laughter like I've, I've been laughing I'd say since I came out of the womb I've, and it got me in so much trouble 
all through my life because it was always in very serious situations like like so many times mom would have to like go and talk to another adult because they'd be like look she was incredibly inappropriate like I remember going like on the bus to knock <laughs> like we would all go and it was just great crack like and you'd be at the back because you were the servers so you got the back seat of the bus and we would just were like wild animals laughing and I remember like it came to prayer time and you had to say a prayer at the top of the bus so instead I was like oh it'd be so gassed now if I don't do a prayer and like there's these really old people going on their pilgrimage and I was like everywhere we go expecting them to react but I just found it so funny it didn't bother me that I was obsessing people which is a terrible thing to have but I'm kind of happy I do have it (laughs) I wish I had heard Soldier Boy going off in mass that is that's gold now okay I have to ask you nine girls what was that like insane it was insane like I think you have two sisters, so you kind of know that the bond with your sisters is quite intense in either way. You can either love them to bits or you want them to be like murdered. You're like, <laughs> I'll get them. So there was a lot of there was a lot of clicks and a lot of kind of like, oh, are we against Carol? Oh, let's go for it. You know, and you wouldn't need any information, but it would just be we just like spent like we, we were, were incredibly close. Like they're actually my best friends, every single one of them. So growing up with all of them, it was just the best crack. You could ever imagine, like we got just got up, like between, like you'd open a wardrobe and like your heart would be pounding. So you're like, there's one of them fuckers in here. I know it. And then they'd be like, Bleh. like we used to spend kind of torturing each other and having the best crack you could ever have. Where did you come in the nine? So I am the seventh youngest, and that's my claim to fame because apparently the seventh son of the seventh son would be a genius. Now I know I'm 32 and I have no children, but if I have seven daughters in a row. That seventh one is my moneymaker. <laughs> oh, my God. I, yeah. I just can't imagine what it was like for your mother. to, Like, whatever about, okay, whatever about the, the ninth time, because she was probably just like, you know what, I'm, I'm almost expecting it now at this stage. But, <laughs> but, but, and it was your mom that had all the, all the nine girls, yes? Yeah, I hope so. No, I didn't, <laughs> no, I didn't know if you were like a blended family or whatever it might be. Yeah. Right? I'm like, what do you know, Darren? I just got a moment of panic there. I was like, maybe it's two families. I don't know. But um, <laughs> like whatever, like on the ninth, she was probably like, but I'd say like on the fifth or sixth, like was she just like, where are my boys? Like after that, yeah. you probably accepted it. She had it. to have been at some stage. And I'd say to her now, she's like, I love you all equally. But I'm like, ma'am, at some stage, you had to be allergic at another one. Like, no element of surprise. You were probably just like, the doctor probably didn't even have to say it. She was just like, there you go, as a baby. She was like, like I know it's a card. She was like, DJ Khaled, another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'd say, like, it must be really difficult for her, like, because we were, like, can you imagine, like, the hormones, like when we were all reaching different levels of ages. Yeah, yeah. Tell like me about that. Became, like, what, like whatever. Witches. Like, like we became witches. I, I, like, oh, so, okay, so uh, when the youngest was born, how old was the eldest? 20. Right. Wow. So, so, oh, so, so it wasn't. Like well, it was. And no, I'm sorry, I was going to say it wasn't bish bash bosh. It was bish bash. Like, she just, it was, she was pretty much constantly pregnant, really. Yeah, yeah. And she never told us, which was such an odd thing. And like, like, I never copped when she was pregnant. I don't know what was wrong with me. I was too busy, like, doing my own imaginary farming around the place. And I just remember going down to the farmyard. So we have a dairy farm. And Dad was milking the cows. And I was like, oh, my God, where's Mam? Because this would never happen. I was like, you've killed her. Where is she? <laughs> and he was like, oh, you have a sister. I was like, 
Sam was pregnant. Never copped it on the two children that came after me. Isn't that so weird? Hang on. See, you wouldn't have even known. You didn't even know she'd like gone to the hospital or been in labour. Nope. It was just, I don't, I really think I was either incredibly thick or ma'am was just really good at keeping secrets. Sorry, I'm I'm like turning this into the sisters of your life because I I'm just so I'm just so fascinated by it. But what were oh, sorry, just one more question about the sister situation. What were the teenage years like? Like, did you absolutely kill each other? Because I because I know like we had fights over GHDs and 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 genes being stolen and you know all that kind of stuff and like. But that was only three of us. What was it like when hormones were flying around the place? Oh, like just evil banshees. Like it was just. Odd. Well, like, as in, it was all those things like GHDs, makeup, um, you know, wearing someone's pajamas, someone like wearing your jumper and stuff. And it was just like you'd see someone wearing your, you know, fruit of the loom hoodie and you'd be filled with a violent rage. And she was like, get it off now. You know, but it was, it was kind of fun because I suppose there was different levels. Like when Bridget and Ellen were a little bit older, they got a bit much more mature. So there was just kind of little gangs of three at all times kind of going through the similar things. Um, but the, always, we always found like a fight would never really continue on in those because ma'am was like, would you just stop it? Like, it was all like, like she wouldn't really let it happen. Yeah. Like, she wouldn't leave a fight fester for longer than two or three hours. So we'd always, once it all calmed down, we would settle into the couch at half six for home and away and <laughs> everything was, everything was fine. It was like silly arguments. Like, you know, if I didn't get to watch what I watched on telly, I would like hide the sky card. And I had the most perfect hiding place that they couldn't find for years. Um, I had like this monkey in my room that sang like, put me down, put me down, put the feet back on the ground. But I used to unzip his zip and put the sky card in behind the battery. So they come in, they're like, where is it? And I'm like, warm, warm, colder. And it was just simple, petty things like that. I think I was the boldest of all of them. So I feel they, like you they, might they, have they do been. say that to me. They're like, you, you are the asshole. I was like, sorry. You can see the devilment. Okay, just one last question. What were the, What are the nine names? Bridget, Ellen, Maura, Carol, Michelle, and Marie, Patricia, Kelly, Juliet, and I have a niece, Eva, who's 21, so she's like a sister as well. <laughs> wow. When are the boys going to be popped out? Niece and nephews. So it's, a, it's a huge family. It's, it's quite stressful on Christmas Day. Like, you nearly have to bring your chair to the bathroom with you. So you're like, don't take my chair. I don't want the crappy stools. <laughs> okay, look, it, we will move along. We have to, I'm sorry now I dwelled on the sister thing. We'll have to do episode two on the yeah. sisters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Trisha, the first time you felt laughed at? Um, I think this, I thought I was over this and maybe I thought I'd forgotten it. But when I read the questions, I was like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, that was awful. Um, I have well, part of an activity play with our local school. I was in primary school. I had to be on nine or ten. And I was the narrator. So I had the pulpit. I had the, the main stage. Um, and it was in the church. And it was like Christmas Eve. And maybe two days beforehand, I'd gone to a birthday party. And I had like obviously been roaring like a like a bull around the birthday party. And my, my throat was kind of sore. And part of the narrator's job, I don't know, like there was only 26 pupils in my whole school. So you kind of doubled up in a lot of the jobs when it came to nativity plays. I had to sing and I had to sing to Mary that she had to take this baby boy. And I was like, right, this is my moment. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for the crack. I can't sing during. Like, I don't know what they were doing. They were setting me up for fail. And obviously with my sore throat, the cold weather, winter months, I got up and I started to sing, but my voice had gone. And like the church was packed, and I was like, "Mary, where you?" Like it was like something from Night of the Living Dead, <laughs> wailing on the altar. And I just remember 
glancing up to the gallery for my sister's war and they were looking at me with hard, like horrified faces <laughs> and just they were crying laughing because I was <laughs> I continued on I finished out the song it was my job I'm a professional so I like by the end I remember I went out to the car and I was like oh ma'am was that really bad and she goes it look it wasn't the best and when ma'am says that it means that you are awful but I just remember looking up and all of them were look, just looking down crying laughing as I was like Will you fill his world? And I couldn't. Like, even the priest gave me a glass of water and I continued on. I'd say they were like, someone get that child off the altar. But that's, that's my first memory of seeing actually people looking directly in my eye and laughing at me. <laughs> so, Trisha, what were you like in school? I, I, I mean, I imagine you were bubbly and great crack, but may, I don't know, maybe you weren't always that way. Oh, I always was. Um, I think school, I would have been... I, I'm de- I was definitely the class clown. I definitely found any bit of humour in anything. And I remember, like, I was listening to Blind Boys podcast, and I remember listening to him, and I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Maybe it's because I'm quote from Limerick. And he said, like, he's withhold information. And that's exactly what I would do. I would just be so bold. Like, I would find, like, I'd write boobies on the calculator. And, like, a normal person would giggle. But I would just be like, right, how do I drive this home now and get the best crack out of this? And, like, the teachers were... Or tormented with me so I would have been wild like I would be very intelligent but I never applied myself because I was like no nah, there's too much crack to be had in this classroom like so <laughs> I said like I know but I had met teachers that like since I always thought they hated me they were like no there was no harm in you you just couldn't shut you up so for a lot of secondary school I was on an island where my desk was moved <laughs> right up in front of the teacher and I had no peripheral vision of anyone. So, like, but it, it just like it made me more imaginative because I figured out other ways to make people laugh with hand signals and stuff. So, school was, was school was wild. Um, I just always was always getting in trouble, like doing stupid things, like playing frisbee with the clock and not understanding why the teachers are so mad. And I was like, oh, they're so mean to us. Like I was just being an idiot throwing the clock around the classroom. But I've always like I've always, I got detention one time because. I remember, like, she's passed away in the meantime. It was my principal. She was amazing. She came in and she was like, are you actually for real? And I had brought marigold gloves downtown. And I was like, my friend Cornelia, I was like, put it on my head. Let's see how much we can get on. So I nearly passed out the, the gloves so tight. And, like, another time, like, I remember my friend Cornelia again was like, do you remember that time you had no money, so you sold your business book to the local secondhand shop so you could get a chicken roll? Like, <laughs> so bad. Like, I don't know how, ma'am. Like, and, I feel, and my sister before me was so studious and like ma'am I had a, a breeze with her and then I came in and I was like right let's have the crack <laughs> <laughs> so you sold your school book to the second hand job so you can get chicken roll <laughs> yeah and I treated Cornelia to one I was like girl we're rich oh. what do you want do you want an extra topping no problem girl we're rich oh, yeah, and I remember her, like she was just like are you sure you want to do this I was like sit beside me and I'll share your book and it'll all be grand <laughs> and we went into Highlands Bookshop in Richstone and sold my book <laughs> Are you sure you want it? Oh, oh Trisha, that's, that's fantastic. I have a headache from laughing. I have a headache right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be This is the beauty of it. I love that you're, you're just going with the flow. Okay, next one. The moment when, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry, Trisha Lewis. Oh, God, this question, because I know there's only one answer to it, but this question, I think, is like fear-mongering. I'm like, oh, God. So... Obviously, with my story, I've lost weight. I've hit from 27 stone. I'm pushing my way down the ladder 
She's starving to to model modeling Victoria's <laughs> Secret. Let me on that tech one. So obviously, when you become twenty seven stone, kind of things stop working a small bit. So for a couple of years, I just I don't even know why I'm saying this. But we go. You're in a safe space. So for a couple of years, I had lost my uh, period. Right. My tom. My my the painters were not calling no more. And I hate when people have to do that when they're like, "Oh, my tom," and I'm like, "What?" Let me just say it. Just say your period. Stop doing these slang names. I don't get it. <laughs> so it had disappeared in me for about five years and my body was slowly, obviously very unhealthy. So then I joined the gym and I started this whole mad transformation world. And I met my friend Shane for lunch in a place ironically, ironically called the Salad Box. And <laughs> we were having lunch. I don't and happy out, lovely chopped salad. And we stood up and he was like, right, so we walk into the car. And I looked on the turquoise blue suede seats. You can Google it. The seats are very blue and suede. And my period had come back. <laughs> and it wasn't just a little bit. It was bloody, bloody Sunday. So I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Shane, I'll talk to you later. I met you going to have another coffee. And he was like, what? He's like, sure, I'm walking you to the car. I was like, Shane, leave. And I remember I sat back down, terrified. And I texted my sister, Kelly. And I was like, Kelly, oh, my God. And she was like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. Also, this is very heartbreaking. Why didn't you tell us? And oh my God, I can't stop laughing and I'm dying for you. So I think in that moment, I made a decision to either cry and run from the shopping centre. And I remember, I had like 600 followers on Instagram. I was like, I'll be ruined. The whole city will know. I was like, what am I going to do? So I did what I had to do and I just was like, oh, fuck, this is a Trisha moment if there was ever a Trisha moment. And I went up to the manager and he just was like, I need to explain something to you. And I say he thought there was like a complaint of the salad. And I was like, so anyway, I've lost a lot of weight. I've lost my period for years. I was very sad. And now it's back at the doctor's chair. I'm so sorry. I, I just wasn't prepared. So I just remember walking from the shopping centre and I was roasting. I was so embarrassed because I had spent a half an hour with detergent and blue paper cleaning the chair. And I remember just coming out to the shopping centre and I just was crying laughing. Now, I shouldn't have been laughing because it was disgusting. But it wasn't really disgusting. I was actually a joyful moment. It was an amazing was like, moment. Why? <laughs> and that was it. And I remember he was so sound about it. He was like, oh, girl, look, I have three daughters at home and don't worry about that. And you should be so proud of yourself. I was like, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so I just remember, instead of crying, which I really wanted to do, I laughed and I just laughed into a voice note to my sister. I was like, Kelly, how did this happen to me? And she was like, oh, I'm so sad for you. But this is the best moment of my life. I was like, yes. Trisha. I have so many questions. Yeah, I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. I, I am like, that is the most amazing story. That is the perfect. Really? I'm delighted. No, but it is the most perfect. If I didn't laugh, I cry moment because yeah. the joy, like you, it would, it was a milestone. Well, first of all, I need to ask you. So you said that you, you told your sister and you, and she said, Trisha, oh my God, this is so, so why? So had you not told anyone that it, it had gone away for five years? No, no, I didn't. Cause I was, I knew then that they would try and talk to me and kind of address the weight problem. And I was like, ugh, kind of don't want to talk about this because I don't know what I'm going to do. So I kept it secret from everyone. So that's when she was like, okay, heartbreaking. Why didn't you tell us? But oh my God, like, I think there was so many emotions because she was at work and was like, what? kind of text message I just get and she was like what are you talking about I was like Kelly what do I do and I remember she was like you either own it or run and run as fast as you can I was like I can't run fast I've just started my journey 
Oh my, but like, isn't, isn't it like, I would just presume, like being one of nine girls, that you would, you, you just would have, you would have told them, but it was, it was such a signifier of, if you tell them, it means you have to address, you know, the thing that, that you were carrying around, quite literally, you know, yeah. that, that you needed to, to, to face it head on, and you probably just weren't ready to do that. Yeah, no, I wasn't, and I was, and I think when, when I realised, I think it was like after three months, I was like, oh, like, is it gone? And I was like, oh, no, this, like, I just knew that that was a massive indicator to me that what I was doing was damaging my health, and I just, I think I was just too scared to tell them, and I knew it would worry them, and I knew they'd try and help me, but I knew I wouldn't listen to them, so I was like, I'll just keep it secret, and some months I might just pretend I'm on my period to be a bitch. But then, you know, <laughs> so, like, sometimes they'd be like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh, just my period inside. I was like, oh, it's gone here. Do you know, though, I, uh, like, and I hope this isn't too personal. This is more of a general thing. I have heard of girls losing their period from losing too much weight. I've never heard of it the other way. And so medically, like, did you know or do you know now what caused it? Do they, you know, do you have an answer for that? No, but I know when you either, when you, it's when your body would be under a lot of distress. Yes, okay. So it's either gaining way too much or losing way too much. Yeah. So I remember around the time the Tampax ad was taken from the telly. I remember I just put up a thing. I was like, hey, lads, this is what happened. And so many people actually DM me and was like, this, like, this is, like, it's not spoken about. Yeah. That, you know, and, it, and it's a huge part of you as a woman because for five years I was like, right, that's it. I've destroyed any chance of me ever having a child. Um, and I can't tell anyone because it's my own doing. So I suppose by talking out about it, that hopefully someone might be listening and go, okay, I don't actually have it either. This is an indication to me that my health is kind of going wrong. Maybe just let's fix it now instead of leaving it fester for five years for me. And so, and so, okay, obviously the mortification that you felt that day, but, but, but the joy as well, like, was that a massive milestone for you? Oh, um, and I think that's where in the car park in Douglas, the laughing came out of it was nearly like hysteria because I was like, oh my God, my body is coming back to me. Like I'm, even though we all give out about them, when you lose them, it is so, so destroying. You're like, oh no, I'm not a real girl, but you are. You know, it's just, these are all the kind of thoughts. So I think that's where the the joy I felt was was incredible. Now, I actually never told Shane. So I must actually text him and tell him, remember that day I heard really weird double? This is what happened to Shane. That was my favourite part of the story. <laughs> you were like, Shane, leave. Yeah, because he was like, right, we walked to the car and I was like, no, don't bother. And then I was like, get away from the shopping centre now. I was like, run. You know, I just turned so weird. I was like, no, I'm staying here. I told you I'm staying here. And he was like, no, you literally just, I was like, Shane, I'm staying here. Just please leave me. Um, so that was... That's definitely, if I didn't laugh, like cry, I would laugh. Trisha, your no laughing matter moment in life. Oh, God. This is, and I love, this is what I love with podcasts. It's a kind of mixture of them all. <laughs> um, so I think my no laughing matter is probably 2017, <laughs> the whole year. Right. Um, I, so as I've explained and I explained it in the book, um, laughing has always been my thing. It has got me into so much trouble and I don't care because. I, I just love it. I love laughter. And I, if, if someone makes a funny noise or anything, and I think it's funny, I'm going to laugh. So I think what I really knew that things had gone so bad for me was 2017 is when the laughing actually stopped. And I just, I actually think I spent the whole year not laughing. I didn't find anything funny. Um, I found it very hard to get out of bed. I found it very hard to communicate with people. Like someone would do, like, you know, you'd follow someone 
online and I'd be like, not funny. I don't care. I just, I think my no left matter would have been 2017 and that's the year that I hit 27 stone on the scales. I booked a gastric bypass. I cancelled it. I got stuck behind the wheel of my dad's car. My sister had to have an emergency scan, I remember. So at the end of 2017 was probably the no laughing matter because in November of that year, I sadly wasn't even getting out of bed. I had to ring the Samaritans. I didn't know where I was going to be because I was turning 30 and I was just so, I was I, I was just fit. I just, I couldn't see any joy. I'd see all my sisters glammed up and I was like, it's not fair. What did I do to deserve to this? But then I would see a picture of them on Instagram and they were like, well, yeah, Patricia, five minutes before that, one of us could have been crying in our gin and tonic, worried off our heads because of you. So then in 2017, um, I suppose the biggest no left matter was my sister. Um, so Christmas Day, I got stuck by the wheel of the car and my sister chugged <laughs> me out. And I'm sorry I'm laughing now because I'm okay. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh, don't tell any of the girls. And she was like, yes, well, we need to talk about this um, soon because I'm worried for your health. So whatever happened, she was six months pregnant. She wouldn't know what she was about four months pregnant. And she got a bit of a fright. And it just happened that I was at home on the Sunday on my own. She was at her house and she rang me roaring fine. She said, just get me up to the hospital as quick as you can. And I was like, yeah, no matter. Came down. I was like, oh, my God, I better not tell her about my obesity. I'm going to just drive to Cork. So we drove to Cork. She got an emergency scan and everything was fine. And I think that was no laughing matter was when I heard Danny's heartbeat. And I just knew that my niece and nephews were either going to get a new favourite aunt, which was going to break my heart. I was like, they are not good enough to get this old. Or secondly, I wouldn't be around to see him. So then when she came out of the scan, she was crying. I was crying. And I remember she just came straight at me and she said, I'm so sorry. This, this is because of you. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't imagine my new baby coming into this world when I think my baby sister is going to die in me. So she was like, what can I do to just make you see who you are and how much we adore you and you don't deserve this? So I think that was kind of an old effing matter, to be honest, because I was like, oh, no, she's cornered me. And it was in Cork University Maternity Hospital. And I was like, please, no one ask me when I'm due. This is too, this is just a terrible place to be in. I have no period. I can't sit in the chair properly. Don't make me laugh. So I just remember, I think that was the biggest no left matter. And and that would have been the lowest point of my life. And it just kind of went up from there. It's been wonderful since I've got my laugh back. And and I think that's when I realized in the gym, I don't know, I just started giggling at something one day and I was like, fuck, I missed this. I missed giggling at videos of cats or whatever it might be. But it's, when it's taken away from you, again, like your menstrual cycle, I love this is the reference point of the podcast. <laughs> you really realize how much you rely on it. Tell me about day one then. So, so, the, so there was that day, right? You go home. The next day, what did you do? Um, what did I do the next day? I completely blocked my sister. <laughs> I, I defriended her from Facebook and Snapchat because I was like, I can't deal with her. I was like, you know, she's going to contact me and I know she wants me to start. But like, I think that sometimes you often think like this, that people are like, oh, the first step is the hardest. It is so the hardest. It really is. Like I couldn't even tie my own shoelaces down. So I ignored her for two weeks and then I got a text and it was like, look, this is the first Monday of this month. Is there any way you would do just do me one favor and make it your month? And I replied back and I said, no, I said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm so sorry for what I've done to Ollie. Ollie, I love you so very much, but you all need to move on. I'm not going to be able to pull myself out of this. 
And she texted me back and like, she's like, Trisha, we tried everything. And you big idiot. This is what triggered me. She goes, cop on, you're fine. And then send me a picture of a lamb jumping through the field. And she goes, this is you, cop on. And I remember I threw the phone with rage. I was like, she doesn't understand this. She was born with this body, whatever. And I did, which is, you're going to go into that pity blame party. And that was it. It was the moment that I said, I give up. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I finally took ownership. And I'm not joking. Within an hour and 20 minutes, I was out of the bed and in front of the, in front of my trainer in Douglas. And I just started. And the first day was awful because it's like, you just assume everybody's laughing at you and you assume you're too fat for the gym and you don't look like the people that go to a gym and, you know, someone's going to take a picture and you're going to end up going viral on the internet. And, you know, you know, when you see those awful videos of people on treadmills doing it wrong and someone, someone takes a video and everyone's laughing at it. So I think it was a lot of, it was very overwhelming, but I remember I knew that my back was against the wall and I knew I had to make this work because I didn't, I knew that the other options were very bleak for me and I just didn't want to do that to my family and I didn't want to do it to myself. So I just, I kept pushing and I just took it day by day. And I remember that's what I promised. I said, don't ask me what my weight loss is. Don't, I remember just telling them, just don't pressure me. And sure, within two days, I had a WhatsApp group set up called Trisha's Transformation. <laughs> so you were like, we're not making a big deal like, of this. <laughs> I think I had a set up, it was week one, zero pounds. And then for like 32 weeks, we updated it every week. So that's how I told to my weight loss by changing the name on the WhatsApp group with the sisters. Oh my God. So, so I was going to ask who was in the group. So it was the nine sisters in the group. Yeah, there was a big gang of us. <laughs> and they, you know, they're so supportive. And that's the thing that like, you know, sisters will do anything for you. Like they feel your pain as well. And like, however hard I thought it was, I think it nearly was harder for them to watch me slowly, slowly like dying in front of them. Like we went to the stage where they could see that I hadn't maybe changed my clothes in two weeks. And they were like, oh, how do we help her? How do we, how do we get her out of, the rut she's in. How do we get her to comb her hair? Like it had gone past the stage of how do we get her to lose weight? They were kind of how do we keep her? How do we how do we make sure that she's going to be okay? And it is that typical thing of you cannot help someone unless they want to help themselves. No, you no. Can't. And the thing is, I wanted to help myself. It took over every waking thought. Every time I'd wake up in the middle of the night, the first thing I would think of was my weight, my size my looks, my feelings, my heart. Like I was always so scared that I would get a heart attack in my sleep and I'd have to put ma'am through that. And I was just terrified. So no matter how much I want to do it, mm. you can't make someone, even if they want to do it, do it. Yeah. You have to do it yourself yeah. because it won't be worth it. Wow. So that, so, so that was, that was, uh, so it was 20, <laughs> no, I love this. I absolutely am loving every minute. So 2018 then, that was the start of something great. Yeah, that was the start of, I suppose, who I'm moving towards the whole time. And I think the biggest difference, like I've obviously tried it before. I, I've done every, like if I, if I had a euro for every diet I, I ever did, I would be, oh, yeah, delighted. Um, and I kept trying. I kept, I suppose the word is failing, but I, lo- I want people to know that it's never failure. It just means you didn't have the right system set up. It wasn't sustainable. So it wasn't your fault that this kind of went wrong. So I just remember that 2018, I was like, I have to do this. I can't even remember what I was going to say. 
What was the question? I know. I, I just said 2018 was the year that it all kind of changed for you, and it all took it took off. Have you found though? Sorry, I'll ask a different question. Have you have you hit? Well, I'm sure there have been many walls along the way that you've kind of hit and have to had to jump over. Have there been any big ones? Um, I suppose lockdown, and I suppose lockdown for everyone. But um, I think lockdown was probably like it was the first time I was without my personal trainer. I had been let go of my job, and I was just at home in the Galtee Mountains, which is wonderful. But I was like, this is, this, how, like, what can I do? There was, like, I was literally making, like, I'd block out a half an hour to dress my bed. And I'd, like, do it properly. It was just, and I was trying, like, the first two weeks were awful, and I was bawling, crying, and I was kind of around the place, and a bottle of wine in my hand, being like, shall I just have a glass of wine? This will help me. And it was just silliness. And then I really got into it. And I did my home workouts, and I was doing really well. But I think what lockdown heightened for me was, um, it showed my weakness and my weakness was loneliness and so in one way it was awful and I gained like and everyone was having the laugh but like being like oh the COVID stone I was like <laughs> COVID two stone awkward and I just gained rapidly okay. and I think from that I made the best decision ever and I decided that I was going to actually I'd read some things about myself online and I, I don't know why I did it but I did do it Trisha don't do it because they were telling the truth don't do it don't do that. I know, I know, but I, I had to. I was like, surely, surely I couldn't be hated. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, oh, that's a bit awkward. It's more of a um, reflection. And I remember you said a quote, don't ever be surprised. Not, not ever that follows you will like you. And I remember I was like, okay, okay. Sure, yeah, of course. Once, look, once, once you know that, once you know that there are a lot of people who maybe just follow you to have a gawk, and sure, that's grand that they can do that. But they're, yeah. not everyone likes yeah. you. And, and you have to think as well, you don't like everyone. So it's, it's, no, a, it's a two-way thing. <laughs> and like my my mom always says to me, she's like Trisha, like when you're I'm like, oh, someone just said I looked fat, and she'd be like, well, if you put your bare ass out the window, don't get a surprise when someone slaps. You. <laughs> so put your life up online. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, friend then. <laughs> um, so basically, then I read things online and it said that I wasn't beating the bulge, I was overweight, I had some sort of binge eating disorder and stuff like that. And they were the words that hurt. And whenever anything hurts me, I always take what I can from it. And I'm like, why did that hurt me? Like if I said, you know, you're a big pink elephant, you'd be like, no, I'm not, that's weird. But if I said, you know, I don't like 2FM, you'd be like, ouch, that hurt me because <laughs> you love 2FM. Do you know what I mean? You, that's something you believe in. So I remember I read it and I was like, oh, maybe I do. So from lockdown, I decided that I was going to go to therapy at the best time ever because I went in for kind of a binge eating disorder just to figure out what was going on and why was I hitting this self-sabotage button but it explained the loneliness feelings was what was connect- what was making me kind of eat and I was like how do you know this and she just said look you grew up in like a pack of lines <laughs> mm-hmm. there was always one of you had each other back you always felt very safe yeah you know if someone was at you you had eight people that would always have your back so you felt you know, part of a tribe. And then she said your first job was in a kitchen, which is in a team, in a brigade. So therefore, someone always had your back. You always... So I, so lockdown really showed to me that I'm not very good with dealing with, with myself on my own. But then that started helping me. So I'm flying it now. Good. I'm not meeting up with anyone. I'm like, I'm grand in my own lens. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it just really showed me that I wasn't kind of going mad, that this was just something that was in my head from growing up. Okay, well, speaking of being around people... Uh, and loneliness and whatnot, the person that always makes you laugh? Um, I think it has to be, like, my sisters. Um, and there's another one. There's actually Dee Hanley as well, who's a good friend of mine. So I suppose there's two different kind of stories. Like, Dee Hanley um, is one of my old friends, and we went to college together. 
And he just knows how to make me laugh by just different sounds and different just silliness. You know, he tag you in something, you're like, hee <laughs> And I just remember the best laugh I ever had with D. Hanley was, um, was for, we went to CIT, I studied fresh and cookery, and there's a gala shop, and they do, I was have, I got a chicken roll. Chicken roll seems to be my theme of my life. No wonder I got obese. Oh, they have chicken rolls every week. And I remember we had communications, and I was desperately hungover, and we were doing some kind of slideshow. So I was like, oh, the lights are going to be off. I just, I'll just relax and get past this deathly hangover. And I was like, it was like a military precision, and I was opening the chicken roll at the back of the class, and Dee was sitting like across me. And I didn't realize he'd been watching me. And he was like, like you were doing it like a surgeon. And I was like, right, let's get this right. And ju- I just put the chicken roll in my mouth. And I was just taking a bite. And Dee went, hey. <laughs> and the whole, like, That's all I heard. So I started to choke with laughter. And like the teacher had to turn on the light. Like I'm in college at this stage. And she was like, you okay? And I was like, he made, a, he made a biting noise. And she was like, get out. Just get out. I was like, goodbye. But I think my sisters, like Kelly and Julianne, all they'd have to do is look at me. And they know it. Like, like I think in situations like bingo or mess are just very high risk for me. Because <laughs> they know how to make me laugh. Like anytime we go to bingo, I like, it's kind of butt clinching. I'm terrified that I'm going to start laughing because it's very serious. <laughs> And the last time I was even at Bingo with Kelly, you know, the man is calling out the numbers. We love Bingo in our family. We just love it. And uh, we all kind of, like, whoever's at home will go to it. And it's got a digital screen and you're sitting at a table. So my back was to the screen and I could hear the numbers. And you, so the number would come up like five seconds before your man would call it out. And Kelly just goes, oh, I'm sweating on number 10. Because when you're waiting for one number, you say you're sweating. And I was like, oh, class. And then your man was like, one and zero, blind ten. And I kind of gla- looked at Kelly and I was like, Kelly, your number. And she was like, just staring back at me. And I was like, Kelly, Kelly, you're going to lose the fuck euro. And she was like, just smirking. And then, of course, I went, check. So your man had come down to the table and I disrupted the whole bingo. <laughs> Kelly was like, I wasn't waiting on number 10. <laughs> and it's just simple things like that. So, and ma'am is there going, I will disown the lot of you. And I'm like, but ma'am, she wasn't waiting on the number. But it's simple things like, they're like Juliet, they, you just kind of have to nearly even glad. They just, I think with your sisters, you have a laugh yeah. that no one else can get. Totally. You're kind of like a big weirdo. And like, just <laughs> like Christmas Day, you'll be bubbling with laughter. <laughs> okay, Trisha, a time where you had the last laugh. Um, see, this is so petty, but I quite like the little curveball you put in, and I like when people are uncomfortable answering it. I, on the other hand, am not uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I start ripping someone apart. <laughs> this person, this is my moment. <laughs> well, I think the one I had the last laugh would have been you would ask me what was day one like um, after the day of the hospital. Mm. So when we were in the hospital, my sister was like, look, I found this nutrition plan online. Um, it's 199 euros. Sign up. Let's get you on a diet. And then when you're strong enough, maybe you can go to the gym and do a bit of exercise. We just get maybe two stone off and you'll feel a bit better. So we signed up for it there. And then Margaret at the HSE um, downloaded for us and printed us that, printed for us in the hospital that night and everything. And we signed up. And I, like, the worst thing about this is I studied nutrition in college. I've been a chef all my life. I know the difference in good and bad food. And I would never have been, you know, I think you'd look at it maybe with my weight problem, you'd be like, oh, she's always eating burgers. It isn't, she's actually kind of fish and spuds right. <laughs> that I quite enjoyed. Right. Actually, I actually did an interview with the son before. And I just said that I didn't really eat crap food. 
And I was like, oh, I just love potatoes. <laughs> and the headline was, Limerick woman becomes obese from potatoes. <laughs> Stop it! No! Yeah, I was like, and the worst part was, I sent it on to my friends, <laughs> and they were like, those baby potatoes are absolutely savage. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine someone in another country going, oh God, the legend is true. They do love their spice. <laughs> they just took it out of context. So I was like, this is class. Oh, <laughs> go on anyway. So we signed up for this nutritional line, and when I got the diet plan, I just kind of knew it wasn't for me as such because it was like, I don't know, sausages and cocoa pops and fried eggs, and I get all of that. It's all to do with macros. And, but at that moment in time, I just needed nutrition, I needed health, and I just wanted to feel good. You know, I needed to feel good. And I was back and forth, and I was like, look, um, this doesn't suit me, and there was suggested exercises, and you know, one of them was pull-ups, and I had to... <laughs> Like in the email, it said, you can pick it up through this link. And it was a bar that you put between the door frame of the house there and you pull yourself up. I couldn't put my leg up in a chair. Never mind. Oh, like I had to pull the house down. I was like, what is this? <laughs> so I was kind of back and forth. And he was being so rude. So he rang one evening. He was like, look, what is it you want? And I said, look, I think I want a refund because I'm not going to actually use the dry pen. You can use it to somebody else of my size. I don't mind. And he was like, well, you've seen it now. So I'd have to charge him 50 euros. Stop. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's no problem at all. So I was like, just, oh, 50, just right, you're right. kind of a very crazy man. I, I, I don't know why you have a nutrition course. And then I remember he said the words to me. Um, I said, like, you know, it's not going to make me feel good. Like, there isn't any omega-3. Like, I knew what was going to make me feel good. And he goes, well, you're the one that's 27 stone, not me. I know what I'm talking about. And that's a fair enough point. But I don't know should you have said that. So that was great. I said, good luck to you. I was allergic. And about three months into Trisha's transformation, he followed me on Instagram. You're joking! And Yeah. And I remember being like, oh my God, that's him. And I was raging and I screenshot and I sent it to everyone. But I just sent a message and I said, thank you so much for what you said to me that day. This is where I am. And then I blocked him. Oh, <laughs> you blocked him! Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> oh, the curveball! But he hurt my feelings so much. No, he there. shouldn't. He like, should not. I was out the back of Jacobs and Neil had come out and I was like, he said this to me. And Neil was like, oh, this is kind of like a point. Should, no. we, should we intervene now? I was like, don't stop me by my weight. Yeah, so that's, there was that's no, what I feel like I had the last laugh. There was no need. No need to no, say that. No, It was kind of like the last dagger yeah. just as I was about to hang but up. Kid, no, like, it was literally kicking someone while they're down. Oh, that's so sad. And that's what I say, like, always give people a chance because you don't know, you know, and I know, like, so I suppose that's a bit of my, and maybe that's not the right context, but I feel like I have the last laugh. Oh, look, I love it. I love it. Okay, Trisha, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Um, I thought I knew the answer of this, but then when Paul said, I kind of coke, I was like, oh, correct. Um, I'm going to say the gym. Yeah. Um, I would say the gym 100% because, like, I don't... I don't, I know, maybe I should, I don't use the gym for necessarily losing weight. I use the gym for my head. And I feel that it's like a washing machine. I go in and I'm all muddled up. And then I come out and I'm like crystal clean. So I would say definitely if, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, I would pick the gym set I Yeah. Simple as that. I love it. That's all, that's all we need. Yeah, I love it. It's just, I don't know, it's just a wonderful feeling. And I don't think anyone, that if anyone's at a certain weight bracket, don't feel like you're not part of it. Like, like I said to you earlier, I'm fit fan. You know, I want, like, you can be whoever you want to be. And if you want to be an athlete in the gym, don't, I'm like, I'm not going to wait till I'm 12 stone. I'm doing it now. Yeah, exactly. I'm going in right now and I'm going to, like, it's the medicine that I need for my head. And I just feel that 
when I'm working out, I feel like I have such a huge purpose that in that moment in time when I needed to get that bloody weight off the ground, I get it off the ground. You were saying earlier on that, uh, you know, the fear of all oh, going in, oh my God, is someone going to record me? Is that video going to go viral? Blah, blah, blah. I think like anytime I've seen maybe a video like that, making fun of someone who's who's doing their best in the gym, for the most part, 90% of the comments underneath will be, who the hell do you think you are? This person is in there to to better themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think, and I and I would be kind of conscious of that now if I'm if I'm in the gym and if I see someone who I think is maybe struggling or whatever. My number one thought is fair fucking play to them for for being here. And that is, I, I think that's a general thing now. I think you'd have to be a very nasty person not to think that. No, a hundred percent. And it's very easy. Like it's very easy to scroll past a video and go, someone made that. But you have to realize that. You know, if someone like someone is looking at that and that that that's that person, like that's going to be awful for somebody. And it's just just mind your own business and don't take any pictures of anyone at the gym. And if anyone is listening and they want to start, I'm telling you, just get into the gym and the second stop, get into Aldi, do it the exact route that I've done and get it done because it's just it's so worth it when you just realize how much value you have, when you know that you are enough and you are just perfect the way you are. We just need to get you a little bit healthier. It's all good. Trisha, are you ready for your quick fire round? Nobody does a quick fire. Does that frustrate you? It, 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 do you know what? I actually have thought that I maybe I should scrap it as a quick fire and just give them the questions because no. it's too much faffa. Oh, you have the champion here right now because I think I'm so competitive from growing up with eight sisters that when, when they're answering, I'm like, would you answer a small bit quicker? It's quick fire. <laughs> okay, let's do this. It's not slow. <laughs> <laughs> Trisha, the actor you always laugh at. Zach Galifianakis. Perfect. The actress you always Can laugh I at. Say that right? Yes, <laughs> lovely. The actress you always laugh at. The actress. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh no! Oh Jesus! Uh, oh oh Jesus! She spoke too oh, soon. Oh no! Oh oh! I'm just gonna guess Meryl Streep. Oh no! I don't. She's not that Meryl. funny at all. That was a curveball. <laughs> that wasn't on last week's episode. My go-to is just any actress from Bridesmaids. Any of them. Any of the main ones? Oh, oh Rebel Wilson. She's oh, brilliant. she's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's okay. looking great as well. Go on, Rebel. The, <laughs> the comedian you always laugh at. Tommy Tierney. Oh, perfect. And finally, Trisha Lewis, your best or worst joke? Oh, this is my moment. <laughs> what do you call a can opener that doesn't work? <laughs> Go on. A can opener. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's perfect. Done. my good luck. It was... <laughs> Trisha Lewis, thank you so, so much for sharing the laughs of your life. Thank you. I am sweating with the laughs. Beat the balls! Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with Trisha Lewis. I hope you enjoyed it. Loads of other great guests to come this season, so don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and all that other stuff. This podcast is brought to you by Collaborative Studios.